Nick and Corey in the morning. Good morning. Welcome to episode 54 of the Nick and Corey in the morning podcast. But that's always Corey. Good morning. Um, Hold on. It's just Scooby-Doo. It is? Yeah. Oh, okay. But like, did you... <laughs> Aww. That's why I was rushing. Scooby Doo the movie. Well, Scooby Doo, also name. known as Scooby Doo the movie. Okay, you know what? And with our I, special James guest. Gunn? <laughs> 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 our special guest. Uh, hey, what's up? <laughs> James Gunn did this? You're finding oh, yeah. this out now? That's why it's so good. Is because so you comes- apparently they they tried it so like i'm sure you know about this but uh like Probably. it was supposed to be like rated r like it's supposed to made be made for adult audiences so that's why there's a lot of like adult centered jokes in it and then they made it kind of like retroactively for kids so like i don't know if you remember but the beginning scene of scooby-doo when shaggy and scooby are in the van and you see like the smoke coming out of their van the joke was going to be that they're smoking pot but then like you look inside the van and they're cooking food inside of the van i actually prefer that they kind of made it for kids because i don't like when the jokes are easy i want to i want to see for my jokes i agree i agree i want to work for them that's what makes the first trek movie so good yeah exactly this is is definitely a case where it's better off being like more kid friendly it's uh-huh. like nine times out of ten, I'm like, let's make this a little bit more adult centered, and then it's like, uh-huh. nah, this can be adult. This can be a kid thing. Yeah, because it like... seems like what's happening now is whenever someone takes a beloved childhood franchise and says, let's make it adult, um, it ends up being so shit <laughs> that everyone hates it. <laughs> yeah. So like, there's also an element of, please don't ruin this. Oh please, oh please. Mm-hmm. So Mariah's with us. Hi. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm just reading all about Scooby Doo. See, that's not the movie we're reviewing today. Which I know. Makes I know. this a really confusing intro. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fine. This was we're... a a pre pod conversation hmm. that that leached its way into the beginning of this podcast episode. It's a movie that I really care about, so like I can talk about it right off the handle for as long as possible. <laughs> If this goes like even average, we'll have you back for that. Hey, because I'm even I'm, below average. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, you know what? <laughs> it doesn't even have to be. It doesn't it's even not have to like be bottom five. Bottom five, yeah, lower and your like, standards. Our bottom five is not good. Hmm. Does it I, have to do with uh, that one dog movie? Marmaduke. Yeah, no, it's, I like even I seeing think the that promotional one posters well. for that movie made me feel sick to my stomach. I'm not gonna lie. There was promotion for Marmaduke. I, yeah, hold on. Probably one or two. <laughs> wow, I can't believe that. <laughs> I think we're like, I don't know, sixty-seven percent of the people that saw promotion it for like Kangaroo Jack or something like that. That oh, came bro. out so long ago. That was that's a fever dream of a movie. Hmm. Wow. Um, what are we doing? Scott Pilgrim versus the world, ladies and gentlemen. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I'm I'm a mess right now. Yeah, we need to get it together. Maybe stop reading the Scooby Doo Wikipedia and like get with the game. (laughs) It's Scooby Doo and film Wikipedia. Thank you very much. That's worse. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah, that might be worse. 
Um, Scooby Doo and Batman: The Brave and the Bold, twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. That's I'm, too recent. I gotta close this out. <laughs> a different episode. Um, yeah, Scott Pilgrim. Wow. Mariah's with us. Yeah. How many times have you guys seen the movie? Like all the way through. Three. I can confidently say one and a half. <laughs> At three, least, and they're all within the last three months. At least mm. four in my life. Oh wow! At least I I can only think of like three for certain, but I think there's a fourth one in there. Was it like I'm gonna rewatch this movie because it was so good, or I forgot what happened, so I'm gonna rewatch it? So, first time I really liked it. Second time I watched it again just because I remember like. There was just certain scenes I wanted to rewatch. I remember that. And then the third time was like at a friend's house. Like they put it on. Like it was one of their favorite movies. Oh, so it was like forced watching. I I still enjoy. Okay, we'll get into it in the podcast. But <laughs> I enjoy yeah. watching the movie. I don't think it's like a, a bad movie or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I don't know. There's things about it that I like a lot. I don't know. I feel like you, you're going to have some some tough criticisms of this movie now. Well, I mean, I do have two lists, one of them titled Stuff I Liked, and one of them titled Stuff I Didn't Like. We, li- we like um, the prepared guests. What can we say? I, well, if I wasn't prepared, then I'd say just about anything, and this is being recorded. So, mm, so that's fair. I need to be careful. I need to watch my steps. We'll let Corey do his debrief, and then I'll just let you I'll let you run the show. Me? Yeah. You talking to me? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Well... If you haven't seen Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, it's about a guy named Scott. And he has to battle seven evil exes in order to get the girl of his dreams. And it's directed by Edgar Wright. And it's got a young Captain America in it. And a young Obi-Wan's wife. Who's Obi Wan married to? Uh, Ramona. Ramona. Yeah. Oh wow! As I of twenty twenty two, like Obi Wan recently, in life or I don't yeah. know anything about Star Wars. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, they got married last year. Ewan I'm just McGregor. gonna admit that on the movie podcast. <laughs> it's okay. No, hey, there are worse things to admit to liking. I think or yeah. disliking. Mm. Got married um, in April. Oh wow, that's nice. And they yeah. had a son in June of twenty twenty one. Oh wow. Hey. Is there anything I can't really even think of anything else to add with that? I feel like it's better off just not knowing anything and being like surprised when you watch it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know really? what really I was. Yeah, I didn't know what I was getting myself into when I first watched. I'll be honest. Oh, Scott's in a band. Uh huh. Oh, Sex wow. Bob Bomb. Sex Bob Bomb. I kind of knew what I was oh. getting into by watching this movie mm-hmm. because uh, it had only ever been recommended to me by men. And so I went into it thinking, hmm, this is a guy movie. <laughs> and I was okay with that because there's some guy movies that I love. But I think the fact that I had never like spoken or I never like had a girl be like, wow, yeah, I really love Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Sure. Um, I was going into it like, okay, I'll see what happens. I don't should think I talk about this... stuff I liked first? <laughs> I don't think of this as a guy movie. Is that see, bizarre? That's also my I also kind of don't think of this as like an inherently 
like i don't get recommended this movie by any guys really it's usually like if someone brings it up i'm like oh you know i like that movie it's fine but it's not yeah. never something that i like it's not something that like film bro people would recommend in my opinion like so, like that's like relegated yeah. to like pulp fiction and film bros um, american is, like, psycho different. yeah huh this is like what a guy who isn't a film bro oh yeah yeah it's just like like an average guy sure would i would say, still hey, think of like wolf of wall movie. street then that's a film bro well i don't know i've never seen that movie i don't know why people like it good not great i have a little something against leonardo dicaprio not much but just a little is it the off the camera antics or is it him as a person um i guess that's kind yeah. of both, that's but... exactly the same thing I'll be well, him as a person versus him as an actor i guess let me put it that way yeah i don't like that he's dating a 19 year old um no, no but the only thing i liked him in was what's eating gilbert grape i've never even like, heard of he should have, oh, they should have just given him God. his oscar and like gilbert been done with it. all he right just went on this tirade afterwards so anyways tangents we love Should tangents we return to the topic at hand topic at hand actually yeah what what was something you liked something i liked i love opening credits um and i really want opening credits to like make a cinematic comeback uh-huh because i sometimes i listen to a song and i'm like man this is an opening credit song mm-hmm. only every so often do i listen to a song and think this is a closing like credit song um and i kind of want to know who's in the movie before i see them because it's like it builds suspense like i mm-hmm. see aubrey plaza and i'm like holy shit i'm gonna see aubrey plaza in this movie mm-hmm. and suddenly i'm kind of excited sure. so i think the way they did it was also interesting enough that it wasn't just like names on a screen but it kind of like indicated the energy of what you were about to see mm-hmm. which is also like important so i really enjoyed that and i wish more movies did that that's the the scene in the beginning with like the they're playing the bands playing and then you can see like the names flash up as like yeah. lightning bolts kind of yeah okay i feel like that when i watch the sam raimi spider-man movies <laughs> because i love those opening credits uh but then this just dunks on that like this yeah. is like this is the peak of opening credits um is what it is though and like in line with opening credits this is a stacked cast when did this movie come out like 2012 2010 yeah yeah like uh, for 2010 who was funding this movie because this is like the most yeah. insane grouping of people ever there is just, not one like nobody in the just, entire cast just to go through it quickly michael Sarah, <sighs> mary elizabeth winstead aubrey plaza uh brie larson chris evans ellen wong allison pill jason schwartzman yep. brandon routh that's how you say that right Anna Kendrick, Maya Whitman, uh, Bill Hader, Bill Hader, Nelson Franklin. Not that he ever stars in anything, but like he's mm-hmm. in a in lot everything. of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I got everyone. Yeah, and like in addition to it being such a stacked cast, sometimes movies will put a lot of talented people in the same movie and then it's awkward because they're all almost too good to be around each other what they did well is they seemed like they were at least having fun the Amsterdam effect so they like worked with each other and it wasn't awkward and awful so I think I think the thing that helps with this is like none of them were really big yet like Mm -hmm. Chris Evans had some big roles Michael Sarah had like Arrested Development 
and I don't mm -hmm. know when Super Bad came out. Maybe Super Bad. Yeah. Um, that movie with Elliot Page, I think, was out by then. Juno. Juno. I was actually going to talk about Juno. Oh, <laughs> okay. God. Cool. That movie. But we can, like, round back Full around circle. Like, I, none of them were huge yet, whereas, like, House of Gucci, everyone was really big already. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. like, Corey always says, when you have a cast that big, chances and like that Doomed talented to it's going to mm -hmm. be a failure because chances are like their schedules aren't yeah. going to line up and it's just not going to be a fluent yeah process and just just because people are good actors doesn't mean they're going to have good chemistry and so it's very obvious in a movie when a cast like vibes with each other like i want to say knives out but That's even fair. then yeah like i think there were smaller groupings of like casting that knew each other better and had better chemistry than the whole cast like together and they're Knives also out too but... <laughs> <sighs> that was a wild ride of... i didn't know what was happening for the first half of that movie and then i caught on fair enough i've, I've been using knives out as my only talking point with somebody on hinge and eventually <laughs> like that's going to come to an end and i don't really know oh, where to go from there you're gonna run out of things to say about knives out yeah i can i can foresee that yeah and then that'll be it <laughs> nothing else to talk about no well you can talk about the second movie yeah i guess <laughs> so yeah i just wanted to talk about the cast because um mm -hmm. did we mention the guy who plays wallace no i didn't say because i really can really wallace badly just have its own category want to talk about wallace yeah, he's was... later in my list so we can wait we can but, wait oh i was gonna try and find a clean segue but... oh into that that was yeah. my segue <laughs> yeah that's fine but you mentioned juno and so let's talk about like mid-2000s multimedia movies and how good they were and why we don't do them anymore i've never seen juno. like almost unserious like mean girls-esque doesn't really take itself very seriously movies what happened i feel like we should be doing those again but we're actively not i think we kind of talked about this recently Corey. michael sarah starred in all of them somehow i think i have a theory mm. I, I don't know i can't remember if i was talking to nick about this if this is the conversation he's referring to but i think it's streaming streaming is the reason why we oh. don't get we don't get these types of movies anymore because something like a movie that i was uh, talking about recently as like just came up on my radar not necessarily like I've seen it before. It's called Grandma's Boy, and it's a comedy where it had a horrible box office. Like when it was in theaters, no one saw it. But then when it went to DVD sales, it made quadruple its budget. Like people couldn't get enough of it. It went to Blockbuster. People oh. rented it and then bought it. And then it made so much more money because it became like a cult classic. Mm -hmm. Juno and Scott Pilgrim and all these other movies that like maybe don't get like the critical reception that they want or maybe like they don't perform well in the box office that isn't a huge deal because they had like they could be bought on did like on like a physical copy like it was yeah. they could recuperate their losses in other ways where it didn't seem like a failure so they could take that risk but now with streaming a lot of shitty projects are getting pushed up and a lot of projects that are not shitty that should get the budget are like not getting relegated to like streaming and another thing is that streaming it's hard to see 
if something is performing well or not. Like with a box office, you can have like a number. And then with DVD sales, like it's literally like a number. Like, But streams is like, what does that in, like, yeah. what does that indicate? It might be good for like, it could be top 10 on that like stream chart for like for a, three or four like days. Like a day or two. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then it says like number one or number three in America or something. Yeah. And then the next day it's not even on the radar anymore. And people aren't talking about it because that's old news. Yeah. And I think that Matt Damon talked about this on Hot Ones, where he was oh. saying that companies are less likely to invest in certain kinds of movies if they're not super sure that it's going to like break even because yeah. they don't have that second wave of income coming from DVDs. Yep. I'm a huge like physical media believer. Mm-hmm. If I find a CD or a DVD of a movie or like music that Something I like, enjoy, yeah. I buy it because I don't trust streaming services to be around forever. So in that sense, like they've lost basically revenue. Mm-hmm. Well, what's and it crazy has nothing is... to do with the movie itself, but just the fact that people aren't buying DVDs anymore. What's crazy to me is that like apparently every single streaming service is losing money, like millions mm-hmm. and millions and oh, millions yeah. every year. Which but is like... why Netflix is, I don't know, cracking down. And supposedly. then not cracking down. <laughs> They're just going to lose more money. And that's... I... It's so confusing to me. I don't, I don't understand how... Like, po- Go ahead. And then they announced like 30 fucking movies. Well, that's the thing is they're putting, they're taking on all these projects and they're waiting for something to hit yeah. like Stranger Things did. Uh-huh. And the thing is, nothing will. Because most good TV shows take time to build up a dedicated fan base. And I will put community on this pedestal because you want a dedicated fan base more than you want a bunch of people who like kind of care about it who might come back for season two. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you have a good show with a good season two, but, like, people aren't watching it, quote-unquote, they're just going to cancel it. And then people are less likely to watch new shows because they don't know if it's going to get renewed. So it's, like, killed the spirit of creation in movies and in shows. People don't take risks, and so everything's boring. It's a lot of short-form content now. It's, like... Yeah. Something that can be easily digestible and talked about, but then mm. like it doesn't really matter if it gets like more episodes. Yeah, like there's a social message, but like eh, we were lazy about it. You know, <laughs> it it doesn't take you the entire season to get the social message. We'll tell you in the first mm-hmm. episode so that you like think that we care. Can I dunk on Gal Gadot real quick? Oh, of course. Yeah, you're August eleventh, Heart of Stone. Rachel Stone, played by Gal Gadot, is an intelligence operative, the only woman who stands between her powerful global peacekeeping organization and the loss of its most valuable and dangerous asset. What the fuck are we doing, Netflix? No wonder in the toilet. How likely do you think it is that that movie was completely funded by the U.S. military? Like, like all of it. Propaganda. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Any movie with, like, cia operative or army soldier i'm like okay i know like, i know who funded that movie she's like there's no way you turn a profit on that no one's subscribing for that movie and like that's not cheap so in circling back to like this early 2000s trend of like making interesting movies and making sort of facetious movies first of all i think it had a sociological root in the uh in the 2008 recession which is like, because oh. it came kind of right before. I think that 
people were like making fun movies because everyone hated their lives <laughs> it's kind of like a weird connection to make but like escape yeah i think okay. that movies at that time were like super bad like it was just supposed to be fun 21 yeah. people just wanted to see like ridiculous people doing sort of like absurd things. things because yeah. life itself just felt so absurd already and also like these movies are about just regular people something like scott pilgrim it's like yeah all these people even though like the yeah. story itself is kind of unrealistic or supernatural mm -hmm. these are people that could really just exist and walk around and be everyone's Canadian. been in that that weird dynamic where you are currently dating someone and then you run into your ex and it's like I, oh gross <laughs> i hate this conversation we're having they've just taken that and kind later. of amplified it in like a cool way yeah. I, have a, I have a fantastic story for when we're done okay oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's why i'd even written down juno because i like michael Sarah a lot oh yeah well i okay. he's like the <laughs> least offensive male Actor. comedic yeah. star he really doesn't do much or well, say much outside of his job to. which is great yeah <laughs> and he should keep doing that um he also makes music i didn't know that i, I sang a song that i really liked and then it said it was by michael Sarah, and i'm like oh that's like a joke right so some <laughs> that's the name of the band like, by no michael Sarah. <laughs> i called myself michael Sarah. right um, well, but no it's actually him so. I want to use that as a segue real quick to talk about okay. the music in this. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Mariah, you got, that look on your, you got that look on your face. What do you want to say? Me? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I mean, I was going to add it to the stuff I liked list. Okay. I think it was cool. Um, I like that genre of music. And so it was cool to see it almost kind of like respected in a movie yeah. rather than a lot of other movies of the time which kind of equated like rock and punk music to like miscreancy or whatever yeah. <laughs> just kind of it was like a nice homage to what was going on at the time and i really enjoyed the scene with like the twins and the dueling edm yeah. <laughs> yeah. stuff like that it was cool to watch and and kind of be immersed in the music's definitely my jam and the way they incorporate it like into the story and not just like oh we have a killer soundtrack they're in a band like it had a purpose mm -hmm. he, there's like the battle of the bands which was cool like you'd mentioned with the twins where it's the two electronic keyboard players versus like an actual garage band yeah and uh i really like the bass battle between scott the D's. and yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> i want to learn as a bass player i want to learn like the 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 bass lines from uh -huh. all the songs not easy um mm. but we'll get there one day mm. i really like yeah. the uh i forget what the name of the band in the beginning of the movie is but it's like the the really sad crash band and the boys crash and the boys the girl like... boy too yes <laughs> yes uh, the part that kills me is when they're like okay our next song is i'm so 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 sad <laughs> I'm sad. Thank you. <laughs> and Wallace song. Is, like, that's so real. And anyone yeah. in the early 2010s who was going to garage shows watched mm -hmm. that and was like, oh, shit, that's my buddy Fred. <laughs> right, right. Way too close you know. to home. 
yeah so obviously whoever was writing it knew mm-hmm. like music culture at the time and i'm going to use that as a segue into saying the writing in this movie is phenomenal well you want to know something interesting wise holy crap the movie so this like the the movie got greenlit after the first of nine comics were released so they were writing the movie and the comics at the same time so like the uh like edgar wright got to work like hand in hand with the guy writing the comics as it was happening so like kind of had his own influence on it yeah it just something about like the pacing of the jokes it was just perfect for a movie of that style mm-hmm. it's easy to rely on the gimmick of it to be funny in itself but they decided to make the characters interesting enough that you cared mm-hmm. <laughs> and that you wanted to at least hear what they were saying um so i they, i really enjoyed just like listening to the movie itself they give you a splash of referential humor without it feeling over the top and mm-hmm. like it's like it's one I want to go to is the Seinfeld portion. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope, Corey. I think I do. Where they okay. like cue in the laugh track and yeah, and like they play the, 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 the yeah. as he's like, like that's not like it doesn't take away from it at all. It doesn't really add anything. But if you get it, it's like haha, that's from that thing, and it doesn't it doesn't get in the way. <laughs> Yeah. I think that also helps with like the pacing of the movie itself. Mm-hmm. It's like so fast that like or like certain times it's slow and you, you get to like really absorb, but then other times it's like super fast pace. Mm-hmm. The one joke that I'm thinking of currently is when um Wallace opens the door for knives and like he's she goes, Is Scott home? And then he goes, Oh no, and Scott's in the background, and then the next scene or like next second, he just jumps out the window and he's like, He just left. And like they even in that like the subtle movement of oh his yeah body the camera and the yeah. camera it was like it was just it's, so it's a blink and you miss it moment and there's mm-hmm. so many moments like that in the movie but then there's some jokes that are kind of like like they let you get to the punchline at, at your own speed so like scott reading the email from uh the first mm-hmm. evil x when he's just like oh that my god what? oh my god this is so so boring and he fucking <laughs> doesn't even read the rest of it yeah i even i i think a lot about the scene with um young chris evans and just the what i love about movies like this and what i think mm-hmm. movies today sometimes fail to do is not tell you that a joke has just been told mm-hmm. so like marvel movies do this all the time and it pisses me off where there has to be a character who's like the normal character and like yes. points out this is an absurd situation in more or less words. Rody um, in Endgame. Yeah. And yeah. so what Hawkeye a lot of the times is, is none of the characters point out like isn't it weird that that guy's flying? No, it's just what's happening. Yeah. And so like what was great about the scene like on the set and like all of his stunt doubles mm-hmm. is that everyone was just like that's a thing yeah, that happens. A normal night on set. Right. <laughs> like he just has of, eight yeah. body doubles. <laughs> yeah. It was just, and him like skateboarding, like grinding down the railing. It's just, and, and no one broke 
the the comedic suspension yeah. can you do a happening the whole movie can you do like a skatey thing on that that <laughs> rail you, over there you, can you do the skatey thing on that rail over there you mean grind grind the rail <laughs> the grindy thingy on the rail <laughs> it was just so and michael sarah i think if any other guy had been in the role of scott pilgrim i would have hated him so much I kind of there agree. is something so inoffensive and non-threatening yeah. about Michael Sarah's face <laughs> that you just can't really get mad. <laughs> it's kind of like why I think Scott kind of works as a character, even though he does like a lot of inherently shitty things, but he still kind of is that protagonist, that like character that we kind of want to rally behind because it, it feels like he's not really not that to say that he's not at fault. Of course he's at fault, but like I'm not going to say that. I said that that's what I'm not going to say. <laughs> you you just root from him. I don't know. Yeah. I think you you kind of it's kind of like seeing a a sick animal on the side of the road. Pity. And you're like, "Oh gosh, he doesn't deserve that." <laughs> but like what can you do? Mm-hmm. You know. We're back. Thanks. Yeah. I forgot what I say there. I got my <laughs> line. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Yeah. Mm. No, I think I typically yell it. I don't know. We haven't done these in a while. You kind of do it. You do. Let me do a. Yeah, there you go. What's that? What's what? You don't do a a, like clap to sync or is that just for video and audio? So we used to, but my new mic doesn't pick it up. Oh, it's too good. Yeah, honestly, it's it's too good. It's too high tech. Anti-clap. Whoa, was that like real? Yeah. I didn't hear that either. Is is my mic the only one like shitty enough to pick up? Try, <laughs> my hands. Try, Try it. it real quick. Nope. No, hear we it. didn't hear it. It's just so loud. Really? Yeah. That's weird. Uh, that's a conspiracy. All right. Well, now now you'll have to listen. I can't tell you what we were talking about, but I can segue seamlessly from like talking about how much I love the dialogue into talking about how much I love Wallace. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's go there. In the landscape of characters, and I mean all of them, mm-hmm. he's so refreshing mm-hmm. and interesting and doesn't make me miserable like mm-hmm. some characters do. And I think part of that is like Kieran Culkin's work that he did to like depict him well. Because I think it's an easy role to, like, mm-hmm. take on the description being, you know, Scott's gay 25-year-old roommate. roommate. Yeah. And making that into something and say, I'm being, you know, sarcastic or I- I'm, like, doing satire mm-hmm. of a gay man and then just it being really uncomfortable. And he didn't let that happen. And I think that's why he's such a memorable and appreciated yeah. character, even though his role in the plot is pretty minimal. <laughs> Yeah, he really doesn't have a whole lot to do, especially after, well, like, the second evil ex with Lucas. Yeah, he's just kind of around. Yeah. But I yeah. think that's also very real, because in real life, sometimes people are just around, and you talk to them. Not that they have anything to do <laughs> with anything that's going on with you, but... Yeah, not I, every I'm single person's a main character in your life. Like, if we made a movie about me, you wouldn't be there 24-7, Mariah. No, but I'm there every once in a while. Yeah, you're a peer. And I'm 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 a little fun while I am there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Crack <Crunk of> jokes. <laughs> there but you I, go. I, I that's I just really wanted to like 
I, I think part of it is how good like Karen Culkin did with it. Yeah. And I wouldn't have trusted the role as much if someone else were to do it. I don't know what else he's done, honestly. He's if... in a succession now, I think. Oh, I need to watch that show. That's why I made I think, that noise. Yeah, yeah succession. Everyone in that show is in an actor that I like. Macaulay Culkin. Minutemen. He's his brother. He's for McAllister. M- Macaulay Culkin. McCall- Macaulay? Anyways. They're brothers. Yeah. That's definitely apparent in their face. Mm-hmm. I think the thing with Wallace, too, that makes his character work really well is his delivery. Mm-hmm. Very much so a deadpan. Like, he just mm-hmm. kind of says the thing. He doesn't really add any flair to it. Um mm-hmm. But there are some times where he like bleeds into it, like he leans into like a joke or like yeah. There are certain things that he does that are are exaggerated, and when he does those like things, it's like it's more apparent because normally he's very like reserved and you know. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking particularly about his delivery with knives when they're mm-hmm. waiting outside of the school, and yeah. just how quick he was, sort of before she got there. Yeah. Saying like, you know, have fun on your play date and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But then yeah. when she's there, his whole mm-hmm. demeanor just gets it's... so heavy. And the way the camera yeah. pushes in on them. Yeah. It's just so good. It's like they okay. <laughs> it reminds me, I'm gonna bring up community again uh-huh. because of who I am. And And the show's named after community, so really? <laughs> I didn't know that. But um the the way that he meant the pod so the podcast. Of it just yeah. felt like an homage to like media itself uh-huh. and just the love of tv shows and movies and the enjoyment of that almost to remind you as you're watching it like oh i'm watching a movie <laughs> i forgot uh-huh. <laughs> i don't think she gets the community reference i'm sorry i don't our our podcast name is nick and Corey in the morning yeah like, troy and abbott in the morning oh i thought I thought you meant like Scott Pilgrim versus the no, world. I'm like, that's crazy. I could, I could see, I could see, I could see the disconnect in what Nick said versus what was uh, meant. I know, yeah. I know that. See, the name of your show was just so common knowledge to me that yeah. I thought you were bringing me new information. Did you know so that Edgar Wright actually was also in an episode of Community? You know what? Wait, I didn't. He's somebody. Okay, Wait, I think you're that? fucking with me. I'm fucking with everybody. I ha- he's not in it. I was joking. I was. <laughs> he's not. He's not. I swear. We're sending me mixed signals, guy. <laughs> no, he's he's totally not in community. I swear. Hmm. I need to take five. I'm gonna <laughs> look reader. up Scooby Doo again. Something cool oh too. Gosh. Not like this is kind of like a side tangent with Wallace, but a lot of characters have like the they, their name and then like their relation to Scott like underneath them like as a title thing um, 7.5 like Wall- out of 10 7.5 out of 10 they they give Wallace a 7.5 out of 10 when he is clearly a 10 out of 10 yeah he's the best character <laughs> yeah yeah but i like that style it, it it helps it is like it is based off of a comic book so it gives it that comic booky feel of like you're being told like what a character means to another character without having to like Mm -hmm. spend much time on it are we interchanging the terms comic book and graphic novel um it was a comic book converted to a graphic novel oh Oh. see i didn't read the graphic novels is i have the graphic novels what is the biggest difference between the two is it just a length 
I think it's well, think it's, it's style too. I think comic books have a really specific style, like style format. To them. Hmm. Um, also, it might be frequency of release. That makes that sense. Comic books would be released on maybe a tighter schedule than a graphic novel, which would be more like a novel being released. Yeah. I, I really sense. don't know much. I'm kind of talking out of my ass. No, it's fair. I I know but, exactly as much as you do on this subject. But as far as the connection with graphic novelization, you could mm-hmm. definitely feel, even if I hadn't known that it was originally a graphic novel before I mm-hmm. watched it, I think anyone could pick up on sort of the um, the homages to that. And it made me think a lot of Into the Spider-Verse, eh. which Nick and I have talked about at nausea together. I don't know how well that's, that's not very clear. It's, not it's very blurry, but I know what the reference is. You can see the 7.5 out of 10 on the bottom yeah. of the line. So what's um, nice is that they stayed true yeah. to the source material because that <laughs> tends to be the the plight of a lot of book to movie adaptations is they kind of do whatever they want mm-hmm. and usually it's in an effort to have like a hotter cast. What I really love yeah. about this cast is none of them are really that hot. <laughs> I well wow. you can argue, argue with the wall. Argue with who? Ramona. I mean, I guess. Ramona. she's just like a knives. Eh. Even though uh, it's kind of like problematic to say. Well, it. we can talk about that yeah. too. I think that's all my stuff I didn't yeah. like. Um, that's um, a little problematic to say. Um, uh, Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick. Well, Anna Kendrick is Anna Kendrick. Yeah, that's the point. Brie Larson. For seven. The people weren't cast because they were hot. Does that make sense? But they are. There are some movies where people are cast and you're like, ah, they walked into the casting room and didn't say anything. I think I think right now, right now, Tom Holland could go into any room and he just gets the role. He doesn't even have to say anything. Yep. He's just be like, here you go. We'll give you the I'll keys put, of the city. I'll put Uncharted on the counter um, as my yes. proof and yes. hit the judge gavel. He goes, what in the world? Yes. So, and as I was saying... In that time, also, they weren't like the sex symbols of the early 2010s, especially Michael Sarah. Yeah, we kind of we we circled back to this too with just saying that there's these are a lot of stars that were not super hot yet. Mm-hmm. Like I think you can also wrap that in saying like they were casted because they fit those characters first, rather than saying, "Oh, like we have Anna Kendrick. Let's put her as a." minor character that you see a total of like three scenes of her in yeah yeah go for it her um this is something i wanted to bring up a minute ago when we we're talking about wallace the 7.5 out of 10 every single like uh i don't know what i want to call that a subtitle like with every na- like character's name mm-hmm. they're not all like that where it's like a one to ten rating like they're mm-hmm. all so different and unique and i really yeah. like that yeah. hers is t for teen um, because it's his teenage sister. Um, mm. When they're going through everyone in the band, it's like what their role is. It's like the talent uh, lives here. Like it's, mm-hmm. I can't yeah. remember what Allison Pills is, but. The one where, what's the name of the drummers? Like what's the drummer's name? I forget her name. Uh, Kim. 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 I'm just going to look because I have the book right here. That one said like, like weird it was like something because there's I that thought, weird tension between those two, Scott and her. 
where it's like I they were dating. Plazas that was like weird, but in a bad way or something like that. That might that, that might, might be, it. be it too. I think it's funny because Audrey Plaza is like the only character that like curses and they bleep them out. Like yeah. she, they, she gets like the censor bar, and it's I think that's really funny too. Yeah, and that's actually one of the only times that they kind of broke the comedic suspension mm-hmm. when Scott was like, "How are you doing that?" <laughs> when they were in yeah. the coffee shop. So like I, that I remember fourth wall that break. Being yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. But she's I'll also just fantastic at whatever she does. So I'll hit you with a a film bro. Like, this is something that's very well known with this movie, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you have seen it. Um, I I said this to Nick after you watched it the first time. Did you notice anything with the character's eyes when you were watching this movie? Not really. Anything, anything abnormal? No. Edgar Wright advised all the actors to not blink if the cameras were rolling to give it that comic booky feel of a panel where it's like the character's eyes are always open. So for a movie, mm. why would they blink? I think there's a total of three blinks the whole movie. Mm. Yeah. But you didn't notice it until afterwards, oh. or like you you don't notice it until it's been pointed out, and then you're just like, wow, yeah, they they yeah. never blink. But you do as you're watching it feel kind of a difference in the vibe and the movement of it. It's like so fast way... that you can't tell. It's like it's yeah. like you are blinking. It's like oh well, this new thing's happening huh. now. This guy's floating in midair, throwing fireballs at me with demons. So yeah, yeah. So it, it was kind of pulling the attention away but I also I remember thinking at certain camera angles and certain shots I could almost imagine it in my mind as like a panel mm. and so it was probably really helpful for the filmmakers themselves to see those panels and almost be able to set up their shots with a bit of reference um mm. I had a lot of moments like that where I could kind of follow it along with what I thought would be the panels themselves Yes. As someone who's read about 10% of the first of three novels, they take a lot of the panels, um, like straight off the panel and like go out of their way to make that a shot in the movie. It's pretty cool. Um, it kind of reminded me. Something these... that the Marvel specifically, um, the Russo brothers do a really good job with in mm-hmm. like the shot from Civil War of Captain America and uh Iron Man fighting it out like with the, the, shield. the shield above yeah. him or an infinity war with um, Hulk having shot through the um, Sanctum Sanctorum and mm-hmm. being like Thanos is coming. I know in the um, the infinity gauntlet storyline, it's, Silver, it's Surfer. Silver Surfer, right? Yeah. But it's like identical and they do a, they do a good job with it. It makes me think of also the connection between like manga and the respective anime where where i really noticed it was reading and then watching full metal alchemist brotherhood that a lot of it was one-to-one yeah like recreations of the panels because the panels and the story itself was so good that Mm -hmm. i think the creators felt comfortable enough to follow it as closely as they could but i think in the end it's it's just another homage to that style and wanting to stay as true as possible i want to take a minute to talk about ramona because Corey does have to go at 10 and there are a few things i wanted to bring up um and it's my show so i'm gonna be selfish that's fine um 
they're they're uh so i don't know if you know there's not originally spoiler alert uh scott was supposed to end up with knives i didn't know this i yeah. think that's on my stuff i didn't like list because i read that, that and I he ends up with ramona or that he was supposed to not what would you rather let's go in a circle Start. I like this ending. I, I like that he gets with Ramona. I also mm. like that he gets with Ramona. That's who he was fighting for the whole time. She kind of sucks, like a good bit. Uh, she I think they're pretty... meant for each other. Like I yeah. think I think what Wallace says to Knives, saying that like he could deserve better, is like a true statement. I don't. I think like like knives whole arc was that she doesn't need to feel trapped in a relationship with this person because she is equally as independent and doesn't need scott because he won't treat her as well as even though he's gone through a character arc himself she can find somebody else i they both kind of suck they're both very endearing but like ramona's very uh kind of like flaky to him and cryptic and i don't mysterious. want to say selfish but yeah mysterious but like kind of like i'm just trying to get away from all this stuff whatever not really taking into consideration like oh you're you're dragging this guy through all of it and he's like scott no job bad to knives bad to kim like he's a mess um but like he was fighting for her the whole time, so it makes sense. And I would have chosen Ramona as well, personally. Um, but I'm not the protagonist. Mariah, you disagree. I can tell. Um, I didn't like the ending, like at all. I really enjoyed when he sort of gained the power of self-respect, and I thought yeah. that was a great moment. Um, but then it it made him almost like getting i'm doing air quotes ramona at the end it was like cheapened sort of by that because the whole movie had been him like following after her and chasing after her in an effort of love yeah but he you know supposedly learns this element of self-respect but there's no consequence for everything he's done. Sure. Everyone at the end just kind of forgives him and suddenly they're all cool and then he gets the girl and it's it's just, it feels very sudden. Um, and I actually watched a video because I was interested in other people who maybe think this and mm -hmm. someone compared it to 500 Days of Summer with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yes. Right. Yeah, so, no. And that's a movie where the lesson is there mm -hmm. that he as i think it's tom as the main character learns yeah. but what's important is that the lesson is also executed through him as a character in his actions god so the end of scott pilgrim like what what is there different in his life that has like yeah. shown that he's changed i think this is a good i think this is a good take it's a good it, take but at the same time, it hurts my soul. Like, I hate that comparison, but I yeah. also kind of fuck with it a lot. Sorry. No, just, no. Yeah, I was really, like, disappointed. I, I almost think... wanted him to, like, have enough self-respect to not, to realize that. Yeah. 
I mean, especially when his breakup with Envy had been so awful and yeah. obviously Knives, you know, was this perverted kind of rebound from yeah. that. Yeah. Really, no, I agree. I think the that's showing uh... of him gaining self-respect would have been realizing that he has a valuable life to live that has yeah. nothing to do with love. And that yeah. the fact that most of his friends who are women are exes of his or women he's interested in See, yeah. should raise some concern for him or like his literal sister. That scene of him like realizing that he's like, you're doing it for her. And he's like, no, I'm doing it for me. And then he pulls right. the fucking like, self-righteous sword out. Yeah, and it was cool. Like, it's a but... cool fight scene. It's I don't know. But I agree. I think that's a I think that's a valid point. And that's a valid criticism. Thank you. Or no, you're, is you're there anything else that we, we didn't touch on things you didn't like? I just really hate 500 Days of Summer. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Was there anything else that you didn't like that we didn't touch on yet? Um, I understand how at the beginning of the movie, there was sort of this push of you should not like this main character by the very first line of the movie being Scott Pilgrim was dating a high schooler. Yeah. The trouble comes in the fact that not everyone thinks a 22 year old man dating a high schooler is weird so i think some people might have watched that and not instantly picked up on the messaging of please don't emulate this person which is not something that filmmakers can control but it definitely was a start that i was like whoa <laughs> and then it made me sure. not feel very bad for him at sure. some other points in the movie where i think i should have or sure. i should have like empathized sympathized with him it always just came back to me that he was not only dating this high schooler, but stringing her along in this really vicious way that he was masking with his male manipulator. Oh, but I'm Michael Sarah, and yeah. I have such a nice face. <laughs> so that was just another thing I'd written down. Corey, was there anything you wanted to add? Because I think we do need to jump into ratings. No, no, I'm good. I'm ready. Mariah, is that okay? Yeah, I'm good. Oh, I like the Sephiroth sword. Sorry. That was cool. Gideon that was cool. Has a nod. Sephiroth sword. Yeah. yeah. And as a Final Fantasy VII guy, that gets me going. Uh, Mariah, you have to go first with your number, one to a hundred. And I am yeah. going to, now that you're on the spreadsheet, I'm actually going to send you the full list. Oh, fine. I want your number for everything that you can give. Okay. I'm taking into account how much I loved the movie itself, the script and the filmmaking and the style and the cast with this criticism I have for the ending. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to give it like a 68 out of 100. I think it was good. I would watch it again, but there are movies I like more sure. and admire more. Our skills are just drastically yeah. different. That's insane. Because you're like a 68. This is good. I'd watch it again. Yeah. yeah. I say anything below a 70, I wouldn't even consider rewatching. Really? Yeah. See, I was going to give it a 69, but I didn't really want to. Well, you can. Nice. That was just the first number that came. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, Do you want to change it? No. All right. I'll change it. I don't want to be that person, you know, on the spreadsheet. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Like, there are some movies that I would give it a 69 out of 100 just for the gag, but it's yeah. not this one. The goof. Yeah, I gave X a ten out of a hundred because um, it's X and uh, X. Yeah, no, that's all. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I was prepared to give eighty for. I'm prepared to give eighty a Brady a twelve because 
for Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. Or maybe an 87 for Gronk. That's true. Uh, depending on how good it is. Yeah. yeah. Because it's either going to be really good or really, really, really shit. Really shit. <laughs> yeah. There's no in between. I'm either yeah. going to have a blast or just want to go home. Yeah. A lot of old people are loving the movie. That's what I can tell you from where I live. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. that's what it's for. Oh, gosh. Um, Corey. I shall give it. That's highest number. I'll do. I'll do an 84. Okay. I think I reflect on this movie pretty fondly. Um, I think it's maybe if I had watched it again for this, I, I would have like a different opinion. Um, but in my mind, I'm pretty fond about it. I, it's not really a movie that I like Edgar Wright. I like anything he does. And I like Michael Sarah. I like the whole cast pretty much. So I think I'll, I'll rock it in 84. Um. I really like the cast. I really like the directing, the music. It's very creative. Um, it's 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 part video game, part comic book, part superhero, yeah. part comedy. It's like it's it's up my avenue in like mm-hmm. every possible way. It punches all my little buttons. Um, obviously, there are some flaws. Some parts we get a little ridiculous. Um, he defeats one of the evil exes by orgasming her to death. Yeah, I have thoughts like, on I'm, that that I probably won't share. <laughs> I didn't want to bring it up. I'm glad no one else did. That's good. It's in all, it's down. it's uncomfortable. It's it's there was there were some uh depictions of women that I wasn't happy about mm-hmm. watching it, but hey, it was 2010. Yeah. <laughs> what can you do? I I really enjoy this movie though. It's just so entertaining, so fun. I've I guess I've watched it three times since november and those are the first three times i watched it and i don't feel like i like beat a dead horse like every time i'm like oh this is so fun i'm having a great time um so maybe i maybe my score is a little high maybe in you know december i want to lower it i don't know i'm putting a 92 down wow i think it's respectable really well made now that i've set a precedent for my scoring i'm afraid that anything i actually score high it's just going to be embarrassing. No. Nobody look at my letterbox, actually. You have a letterbox? Uh, oh, it's a I've delight. only reviewed, I think, three movies. And only if I think of something mildly funny about it. Hmm. I don't actually, you know. What would I have you... smart things to say, but why would I? What would you give into the Spider-Verse? Oh, gosh. probably. Gosh, I really love that movie. Probably, like, an 89 out of 100. Well, actually, I'm going to change that to 90. <laughs> like I can't oh my give, god i can't give just anything like over 90 because then it, it cheapens the 100 i like being i like being so casual about my, the movies i give hundreds to unless it's something that like i'm so on the fence about so like, like into the spider-verse i think both me and nick have been on record saying that if we ever do a review on it we're both giving it hundreds Oh. We yeah. we did I think Shawshank Alex also Redemption. might have said that. We did Shawshank Redemption and it was the easiest 100 I think I've ever given out. I'm, it was just like we just did it and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is easily see, one of my favorite movies." Corey started this seen... show with a 95 and a 100. And was like, "Yeah. How's it going but, to keep it moving?" <laughs> but even like The Batman, which is a movie that I love and can yeah. talk about for hours, like I can't give that above a 90 because of the what last would you give it? Probably an 86. Okay. Like, I love it, and it's so good, but the last 20 minutes made me so angry. Yeah. 
I can't I can't give it anything higher. Fair enough. I appreciate that. Was that. that was a criticism Nick had for it as well. Yeah. I, we talked about it in the car once because we were so yeah. frustrated about. Well, yeah, no, I, I talked I, about it today. Yeah. yeah. It's like a weekly thing. See, maybe it just frustrates me when movies usurp their own message. And yeah. Yeah. Why do so yeah. many movies do it? Like you build for this yeah. big moment. And then once you've had it, you <clears throat> go back on it. I can't. I can't handle that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so Mariah contributed a big three and we only have like five minutes. So we're gonna have to go through this. Quickly. I actually, I pushed it back. So I asked him if we could do it a little bit later. So I have till <laughs> 10, 15 now. So we have time for like, to spend time on the big three. Oh, you're okay. dropping that on us. Great. No, I, I just texted him. I was asking, I was like, Hey, I'm going to be running late. Can we push it back? <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, you're the second person I think to come up with the big three. That wasn't me or Corey. Oh, really? Uh, I think yeah. so. I'm trying to think. Did Tabor Tabor came up with it, right? Tabor came up with top three dudes. Yeah. Yeah. So See, that was, that was a little specific. So I'm sorry for the challenge, but no, no. no that's Here's okay. the thing. We like it when it's specific because it means that we have like a wide open door of things we mm -hmm. can say. Mm -hmm. Like one of the first ones we did was top three blue things. So it's yeah. like, all right. Well, I remember that. I also remember I was the dogs. first episode I told you to listen to. Yes. I got called during top three dogs. I remember that. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's got I, I got a phone call. I've had a cameo in this podcast before. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. first rodeo. <laughs> what, what for? What you called me inquiring about Scooby Doo, and that was it. Oh, that's right. And then I couldn't hear Corey, and so I thought I was there just, was just relaying. silence when yeah. you were talking to me. So sorry about that. I want to take a just a second to talk about the fact that you refuse to believe that you two know each other or ever met. We have not met. Well, have we? I think. I think maybe a singular time. Did we meet? Um, it was for like the day before campus shut down for COVID, and we were watching the Mass Singer. Mass Singer, the one who got unveiled was Sarah Palin in a fursuit. Okay, my memory isn't that good. I don't remember the specifics of what was I going on with the Mass. I, I knew it was Sarah Palin because you always bring that part up. And she was singing "Baby Got Back." Yeah, I. And you were gonna... like, what other politician would do this? Well, I could name you some, but still. <laughs> True. I'm not even capping. I can't, I literally can't remember specific episodes of that show. It's literally I just like, have. no, I, I'm not even going to pretend like I can remember That's fair. That's any okay. <laughs> singular time we watched The Masked Singer in the lobby because every single time it was literally just like, oh my God, this fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and everyone would be like, holy shit, yeah. it's this guy. There and then we go to our rooms. You could have to the show. Yeah. It's like, just like, holy shit, <laughs> it's this guy. And then Lego Masters are coming after. It's like, flip it, change the channel, turn it off. <laughs> me, the beauty of that is like, me and Corey were hardly friends at this point. Like, really? I was, I already like was signed on to be his roommate. And like, we had, we had spoken, but like, we weren't mm -hmm. very close yet. I just saw him the one time in coast. It's like, hey man, we're all watching the Masked Singer at this time. You want to come down? You're like, I think I got some homework, but I'll try and stop by. And then why is there, that like, exactly something I would say too? That is a hundred percent something I would have said. It's so committing, but and yeah. you like committing. never missed one. Gosh, I felt I felt so like it feels nice to be invited to things, you know. Yeah. I remember you saying yeah. that to me. Yeah, and you know, and, like no was... one really knew who you were. No, it was no, probably I, one of yeah. those situations where I sat on one end of the couch and you were at the very 100%, other end. Hundred percent. Freshman year, Corey was so introverted. Oh gosh, I yeah. feel like I was too. 
but I was going to pull out for the mass Singer. Who was there for that? Like KP, Morgan, Cherry? Oh, gosh. What KP a crew. was there ever? I think she was there a few times. Okay. She was like, like there early on. This might have been the same night I threw the Bible. I'm not going to lie. Do you remember that? I do. I threw a Bible and everyone looked at me like I was crazy. And I'm like, it's people. Both, people. both of you were there when James was there. And he remembers both of you. But Mariah's like, I don't know who Corey is. I, that's, cra- that's crazy. I know. I remember James being there. Yeah. This that is like Mandela time. effect. Was that the time we watched Dave as well? And there was yes, like the scene of the Dave. fucking yes. the sex doll. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the Drake poster. Yeah. Oh my god. I See, like I, I vividly remember watching that, <laughs> but I, I can't really remember the people if, other than like the usual suspects. If oh I'm being honest. Yeah. yeah. We were so invisible to each other. Maybe it's like it's like that thing where. I don't know. Like someone's your next door neighbor, and you never realize that. Like. Oh, it's that guy. And until like you see them out in a pub, like a space where you have to interact, and it's like, oh wait, I you live on the same street yeah. as I do. What the we fuck? We know each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Mariah's big three. Since we now have six minutes left on the call. What? Um. Right. Top three male manipulators. Um. In light of Gideon. Mm-hmm. All of mine are and Scott offensive. Okay. Well. Oh. Um, I'm gonna set the bar kind of high because my first one is God. Okay. No, oh. we're, we're okay. Oh, well, is this no. your three or your one? Because you're <laughs> you might be doing be this real. wrong. I gotta be real. You're supposed to go last. Oh. Yeah, we well, go in reverse. Order. I thought we were gonna go in around like I do one, you do one. Yeah, well, three, do, three, two, but, one. Yeah. So is God number three or is God number one? God is number three. Okay. Oh okay. my God, we're starting <laughs> it off hot. Yeah. Well, I mean. Yeah. My number three was Jesus. Oh my god! No what the way! Fuck? You're lying. <laughs> this is gonna be such a fucking joke. I when it gets to me, it's gonna be like I'm gonna give a weird answer, and you're gonna be like, I, I, "My competition is God and Jesus." Oh my god! Why? why? Oh my Specific? Like okay. I, I can't. I can't understand why intuitively, but I want to hear it explained. Um, I think flooding the world. Because to prove a point people yeah because people aren't paying attention to you is mm. like and then only telling one guy like that's so <laughs> that's so manipulative that's a little gaslighting if i ever it's, heard it's god is telling me to do it <laughs> and he like wanted noah to feel embarrassed mm-hmm. like he was building this ark and he didn't even yeah. know if the flood was actually going to happen that's so like Noah was going to his therapist about that, or he would if his therapist didn't get flooded. Right, right. So, like Gotham Noah City. only brought his family, uh, Gotham Square Garden. <laughs> I have to. Yeah, I understand. Corey, what's your three? Frank Abagnale Jr. Okay, okay. Come catch me if you can. Okay, because he manipulates Tom Hank the whole movie, making him believe he's somebody else. <laughs> Thanks for taking this seriously. I'm 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 gonna wait to comment on that. Okay. Um why Jesus? Is it for the same reason as God? Yeah. Okay. I mean it's, I don't wanna I don't wanna offend anyone more than I already did. I hope Max doesn't listen to this. <laughs> we need to put an advisory on this. Plug yeah. your ears. My my <laughs> number Max, stop listening. Yeah. Mariah, you're number two. Oh, well, I can add to the up. Jesus thing just super quick. Um, he had this whole thing of like, 50 seconds. 
Oh, well, then never mind. Um, so my second one was I looked up male manipulator and I looked at the Urban Dictionary definition and someone named Derry posted uh, the definition of male ma manipulator is Frank. Frank, 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 about as many times as someone could write the name Frank. Um, and then the sample sentence is Frank is a male manipulator. So I'm going to go ahead and side with her and agree what? that God Frank damn it. is a male this manipulator. Is this is such a good one. <laughs> I like, just don't know. There's so many, like the my number three was a Frank. Really? Yeah. Frank Abagnale oh, yeah. Jr. <laughs> There's a so oh my god. Yeah, that was mine. Okay. Nick, did you want to give your number two now? My number two is Dennis Reynolds. Talking yeah. Christ. That is such a good, good answer to sorry, I um, something. He's a sociopath. He's uh he's able yeah. to get Charlie and the gang to do whatever he wants. The fucking Dennis system. Yeah, the Dennis system. God. The you get a boat to take him out. On yeah. the open water, get a nice and tipsy where they can't possibly refuse. Dennis, um, are, you, are you raping people? No, 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 Don't even bring that into this question. You're number two, Corey. Mark Zuckerberg. Okay. Specifically, Mark Zuckerberg from the social network. Oh, so Mark Zuckerberg, the movie. We're going to have to bleed into the other Zoom call. Yeah, because, but Mark Zuckerberg in real life, too, I think also can be considered a male manipulator, but he gets no bitches. That's the only difference. Hmm. Well, you can manipulate without bitches. True. Manipulate without bitches, but like, I feel like when people think male manipulator, they think, oh, he's a player. Like, he, he just like fucks around with a bunch of people, but like at the I same mean, time, like, is suave. Even if you lose, you're still a player. Sure. Hey, that Mariah good. That that had me on her list at one point, <laughs> and I got oh. zero Thought that Damn. was a little dark. Okay. Okay. You can. Your number one. So, um, my number one is me. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> you know what? You're getting teed up for that. That's insane. <laughs> I am in avid radiohead listener oh. i'm just a few slight biological differences away from being a male manipulator and i think that's just close enough that i should be worried wow. i don't think i don't think i understand the um, radiohead reference or well i mean her being a male manipulator <laughs> can i say all if we're talking about male manipulator music i am radiohead I don't just oh. <laughs> give my I indulge um, because I really, you know, I I am a creep. <laughs> I am a little I am a creep. <laughs> like if I got what the hell am I doing? So um, and Deftones. I don't. It's just I have the makings of one. Yeah. Um, but I but not the privilege of one. Right. Right. So it's you that. have you have the hobbies, but not the fun. Yeah. Yeah. God forgot to flip the switch. Right, right. Um, at the end of the cauldron process, me right. and all that. Being made so, in the oven. Yeah. That's so funny. Thanks. <laughs> like <laughs> that that is just so inherently funny to think about as like th this is I, I can be like 
transparent and say like based off the things I like and the way I behave then it's like oh I could probably make this <laughs> yeah I don't know it, it's like yeah it, it's like being self-aware you know it, it's it's when you're one of your favorite like most listened artists is death grips and it's like okay you gotta be there's yeah. something wrong with you <laughs> you gotta come to terms with it that's yeah point. Um, yeah yeah and once you accept it the world just opens up all right Nick, did you want to give your number one or me number one? Yeah, my number one's Frank Abagnale Jr. Okay. <laughs> um, See, that's crazy. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. He's a le- legitimately a, a manipulator. <laughs> like, he manipulates everybody. Yeah. Wow. He poses we as, like, a lawyer doc- and a doctor and an airline pilot. pilot. Like, he, he he's gotten everyone. I own that book, Catch Me If You Can. I like the movie. Um, I'm going to read the book one day. Does that movie also have... Leo, Leo yeah. yeah, he is Frank, Frank Abagnale Frank. Jr. That's the real full circle moment there. Yeah, <laughs> Ray Franks. Yeah, um, that's pretty crazy. My number one is uh Patrick Bateman from American Psycho, and it's not it's not, classic it's not safe answer. See, like that's a very safe answer. He does do like the way he treats women, one hundred percent. He's just manipulating them. Well, like, like you can't even. It's textbook. But like, now it's 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 almost like that level of subversion where like people think Patrick Bateman is cool and they think American Psycho is cool. So you're doing the meme, yes. So they're they're literally like mimicking his behavior, not because they see anything wrong with it, but because they like it. It's literally just like it's gone a full circle moment where they like they can't even tell that this is satire. Mm-hmm. Like they're making fun of the misogynistic behavior of this character that they're mimicking it now and it's saying it's like alpha behavior it's like you're this is a level of subversion i've never even seen before in my life when i looked up male manipulator i found this video um by a channel that was like high value men or something and it was basically like giving tips on how to be a high value man and all of them were just awful um oh one thousand percent there's no there's no way that list is good oh as in this is a list on how to be cold right um which personally i would just not wear a jacket but there's a lot on here okay that was pretty good mariah that was a good one um so (laughs) the first one is stay quiet after disrespect but quiet is misspelled oh be quiet (laughs) i'm not surprised (laughs) um walk like you don't give a fuck who the king is which we haven't had a king Ever. What does that even fucking in the US, mean? So, <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about. Um, walk slower in parentheses makes you look scary. Um, at night when you're following women, yeah, right. I'm gonna say yes. Um, and then add walk faster when they start walking faster, and then be really scary. Right, right. Uh, show no emotions. Obviously, never let them know your next move. Classic. I, I like. Uh, stay I... calm in serious situations i hate when people say when people say that like don't let people know your next move shut the fuck up politely yeah. like yeah <laughs> just please shut the fuck up like i care enough about your next move to predict it this isn't chess live your life no. i don't care <laughs> i'm not playing against you like yeah and and the last tip on this list it's added as a tip i mean it has a bullet point in everything mm. um but it has nothing to do with the topic. It says, if you don't follow me, you probably won't see me again. Have a great day. Which I'm just 
glad that they want me to have a great day. Right. After no. teaching me how to be cold, um, they're showing the emotion of realizing that I'm human and telling me that they could have said anything and they said, have a great day. So, yeah. you know, maybe yeah. male manipulators aren't as bad as we thought. Right. They wish you a happy rest of your day, you know? Yeah. The episode should end here. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening. As always, I took that one from Nick. No, you're killing it, man. The next I'm episode. I'm typing up the list for uh, Mariah. Oh, next yeah. episode is going to be 80 for Brady on Monday. And then we haven't decided yet for Thursday. So it'll be my pick, I believe. And then I don't know. Oh, what comes after 80 for Brady? Ant-Man. Ant-Man and the Wasp. And then it'll be Nick's pick. Um, But thank you, as always, for listening um and we'll see you in the next one oh uh, see you man, see you, man. <laughs>